0: please listen carefully welcome to the Rick and Dot show two dudes a podcast and some laughs
1: prepare to be underwhelmed
0: and away we go okay yeah so if uh, if I end up disappearing I'll, uh, I'll it'll be because I had to run to the bathroom we were talking to or I was talking to my buddy Dustin or our buddy Dustin earlier and um, and apparently, I ate something for lunch that didn't agree with me, so uh, I had to to run away and, and hop <laughs> off the phone uh, while we, we were talking about uh, some of his uh, his magic investing that that he's looking at. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and so I had to jump off. And then I made the obviously intelligent decision to then have hot pockets for dinner. Um, so uh, my stomach's kind of writing. The, the struggle bus at the moment we'll see we'll see where it goes but I, I should be good we should be able to stick it out here but based on uh, how long we were we've been talking and, and waiting for my uh, PC to reboot prior to recording now like it, it hasn't been too bad but if you end up saying something and it, it's really uh, you know uh, uh, prophetic and something and I just give you no response it could be because <laughs> I had to to run to the bathroom so that that would be an issue but uh, other than that uh, happy to be oh. back um, good to, good to, yep. that we're able to record semi-regularly this week um i mean it's been pretty crazy for us or for us on this side the past couple of weeks um some of that stuff i I Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to but uh just wanted to make sure you survived the the blizzard of north carolina um or i guess the blizzard of 2018 uh should it be (laughs) uh for how we're starting it out there
1: yes as as i like to call it uh snowpocalypse two the revenge of snowmageddon that's that's uh. a good one.
0: Were there any? Were, I mean, we'll I'll have to post a link uh, on the the issue or er, issue of yeah, the episode page um, to to the last time there was a, a decent snowstorm that size in, in Raleigh, uh, where we hit the front page of Reddit. Um, but were there any cars on fire? Was Was Glenwood Avenue uh, like a, a molten uh, like avenue of, of fire and you know brake fluid or anything? Or was it everybody you know make it through relatively unscathed?
1: No, the only, the only like, messed up cars that I saw were basically me, uh, <laughs> which was actually really funny. There were so many times I would have been posterized, like, you know, it's like, don't do this, don't be a Donald, don't be yeah. a moron, and, and go out in this. It would have been me, because I'm driving a fucking 96 Camry with no tread on the tires, and the air pressure's all fucked up in them. Well, whoop, there's our explicit rating for today. So <laughs> You're,
0: you're uh-huh. basically like, you're uh, uh, a... <laughs> Like a you know Disney on Ice, but you're just you're in one of the cars. <laughs> yeah. Like you're instead of like yeah. a, a skater, you're just an actual car
1: on the ice doing doing donuts, spinning yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty good. So um, you know there weren't there's I think that this year there's only two fatalities. Um, I think. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, like it is. It it's because they just don't prepare down here for it properly. Um, like they salted the road. And then like it was like supposed to rain first, and then they just didn't even plow. They had just like plows that were just dumping sand but weren't plowing. Okay. So which didn't make any sense. But I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm not the government. I'm not a I am not a snow plow. <laughs> um, I did get my first ever my entire life, my entire working adult life. I finally got my very first snow day on Thursday. Nice. <laughs> I, um, so I, I barely made it home Wednesday. Um, I was trying, cause I had a feeling I wasn't going to make it in on Thursday. So, and I was going to end up leaving early on Wednesday and I was trying to squeeze out as many hours as I can. Hashtag hourly employee. Um, and hashtag, I got to pay that fucking health insurance this next (laughs) joke. That's why I was like, I got to squeeze some hours out. Um, so I, uh, so I, I got home and I, you know, snowed, whatever. I had grilled cheese and, and, and tomato soup for dinner, which is what I always end up doing. I go to the store, I buy a loaf of bread and some cheese and a thing of almond milk, uh, mostly because I know I'm just going to be eating cereal for the next day and a half straight. And everybody um, else bought like all the regular milk mess.
0: already because they want to make French toast. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I, I make that anyway with almond milk. I say, fuck it. Um,
0: Actually, I haven't done that, but that does sound good.
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, And I eat, like, I eat eat an unhealthy amount of Fruity Pebbles for being an adult. (laughs) So, uh, um, like, the top of the refrigerator is where I I keep all the cereal. There's, like, Cocoa Pebbles, which I'm not a big fan of. That's why they're still there. Like, a really old box of Honey net Cheerios. And then just, like, boxes and boxes of, like, almost empty Fruity Pebbles. It's really bad. Um, So... I, I go outside um, Monday, and I'm armed with an ice scraper, uh, a jug of deicer that I just didn't put in the car that I bought like a year ago. <laughs> I've been out of windshield wash. It's really bad. I've been out of windshield wash because it's not a non-essential thing for the yeah, car. You, just, like Usually, it's just not something you need 98% so, of the time. So I'm like, I've got this jug of de-icer and a fucking broom, and I'm just knocking all the snow off. Like I get the car uncovered, I get like half of the, th- you know, like clear. It's like, it's an, I'm out there an hour, right? Like I'm, I'm smacking into the I'm smacking into the trees because the snow's so heavy. They're all like tilted down and like, I'm kind of tall anyway. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not like basketball tall, but I'm like tall enough for people to go, oh, you're tall for like 80% of my conversations that I have with people. Um, so I'm smacking into stuff and then like the snow on top of it you know i had the ground a little elevated so i'm like fighting with this it's like an hour and some change that i call my i call my mom i go i'm like do i need to go in today (laughs) and she's like no she's like you can't and i'm like okay that's fine and then i call my boss and i go i go i go yeah i'm not making it in today (laughs) and he's like okay that's fine (laughs) And I proceeded just to walk around the neighborhood and take some pictures, and then, like, went back inside and watched uh, anime and played a little bit of Dogen Rappa uh, too. <laughs> that was pretty much it. That was how I spent my snow day. <laughs>
0: well, that's what – I mean, thinking about it, like, I I actually, like, haven't had a snow day since I was in college. Um, so, I mean, that's the problem – Or many things of being able to work remote or just having VPN and working in a tech role means you can generally work from wherever, you know, it allows us to travel. Um, some of the stuff we'll talk about later. I was able to work from Florida, things like that. Um, but then at the same time, that also means when you can't go out, it doesn't really matter. You can still log in and still do your work. Um, so the majority Mm -hmm. of the time, like I haven't since I want to say January, 2004, like, I haven't had a snow day because I've always been able to log in and do work, but, like, it was right when I started my co-op in North Carolina, the um, spring of my junior year, um, uh, it was – I started, and then, like, that Thursday, Friday, it was a gigantic ice storm, um, so much so that it was uh, – I, I was living – uh off off of Glenwood and Durley uh, there's an apartment complex right there on the corner what's behind now like the Walgreen's there um and all the the apartment complexes on Durley have super steep drives and everything so it was mm-hmm. just like two inches of ice and WRL was there with a camera just watching people try to get out and like make it halfway up the hill and then just slide back and down and like hit like the trees and the buildings and stuff and so they were there all morning so it was just like I didn't have a laptop. I didn't know what to do. I had just started. I had a laptop, but it was... Actually, no, I didn't have a laptop. We were working on actual physical systems at the time. Um, So, like, I was there and I was, like, emailing because I didn't have access to my work email through the co-op and just emailing. They're like, yeah, just go ahead, stay home. So I was like, can I get a laptop so if this happens again I can do work so obviously it's biting myself in the ass um, and then so like that was like I was able to get down there and, and you know get my the apartment set up because I had just started just moved down there the week before um, but you know little did I know uh, that that would be my last snow day ever for myself um, so that was that was uh, thinking about that what was funny because I, I mean I see I have tons of friends back in Maryland, um, and then still tons of friends in, in North Carolina who are teachers, um, and then are, who are doing the, you know, the, the snow day prayer and and some of that stuff and and everything. So it's, it's nice to see when some of that comes through and they're they're able to, to have the benefit of it. But then it's also kind of a (laughs) double-edged sword for them once, once the, uh, the school goes back into session and they're in school all the way into like, uh, you know, the end of June, beginning of July, um. So it's the the snow days are a little bit different for the teachers as opposed to um, just the rest yeah. of uh, rest of the people who just need to get to a physical <laughs> office space.
1: Yeah <laughs> the, um, you, you I think my best snow day story ever and you mentioned the schools too. Um, so when I was in high school because I went to high school down here, um, they got a really bad snowstorm uh, at, around 2007 at the beginning of 2007. And uh, I don't know if all high schools do this, but if you have a certain attendance and your grade's a certain grade in the class, um, like, you can be exempt from the final exam in that class. So that snowstorm actually happened during the week of final exams. Okay. So I had just come off a of Christmas break and then proceeded to uh, not go to school because of the snowstorms, but then they basically set out what all the makeups were. So I didn't go to school for like three weeks because of these (laughs) snowstorms at my mom, was she's like, are you ever fucking going back to school? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I don't need to, like, It's hilarious. I drove her nuts. So it was almost like month, oh, like combine that with like Christmas break right after that. Well, that's what,
0: and then with this one where, like, I mean, the kids haven't been out of sc- or been back in school too long. And I, I, it was North Carolina. Like, I don't know how the, um, any of the, uh, uh, like any of the tracks would line up for the year round programs. And so I'm sure that there were some that are still out or, you know, some parents that are definitely just wanting their kids <laughs> to get the hell out of the house too. So I'm sure it's, it's uh, definitely yeah, be but... careful what you wish for type thing. <laughs>
1: I have a friend in um, in Georgia, in Atlanta, uh, who has a few kids, and uh, from from Queens, and uh, she's like, "No, she's like, just send them back, take them back." Yep,
0: I, I'm <laughs> sure that I'm sure that there's generally uh, the vast majority of the people hit by the surprising snowstorm are, are kind of thinking the same thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so it was pretty pretty funny. You just take them back. Can't stand these children that came for me. <laughs>
0: so i want to kind of uh slow roll into into the main thing I wanted to talk about this week um but to kind of jump into that uh we haven't touched on it since uh since september uh much I mean we've talked about some stuff here and there but um how's the preparation planning uh i guess those are the only two things that I could say for uh, for you uh for yes. don going
1: going to japan um so it's uh, going. The language, the language learning is going a little slower. Um, I've been, I've been really fucking, I've been bad about it. Um, uh, I was doing well, and then just work stress, like it totally, like starting the new job, really knocked me out of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally slowly getting everything back to actually getting the rhythm um, back again. Um, because there's like other stuff I, I need to work in uh, for that too. Uh, I have, I've been, so I've been saving for it. Um, the language stuff is like right there in my mind and I've actually been touching it a little bit more. Um, and, uh, so I've been doing that. I've been doing that. I've actually been looking at flights, looking at Airbnbs. Um, yeah, I I was impressed with some of the Airbnb
0: stuff you were showing where I I would not have expected to find stuff that was as suitable for as cheap as it was. Um, where, I mean, it, it, seems to be, uh, you know, pretty dirt cheap and considering i travel a lot for work um Mm -hmm. and knowing a lot of different uh, types of hotels but also looking at the same time for personal travel in those areas for airbnb options and the some of the ones you were finding were
1: definitely well worth it yeah yeah like i you know i've started to slowly put together the itinerary like it's so weird people like what's your itinerary and i'm like like i'm just like matthew mcconaughey and date matthew mcconaughey and Daisy confused i'm just like i'm just here for the ride man yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go on and and I was telling some coworkers like I have to make sure that my I, I at least know enough Japanese to ask them um, if they're gonna want to take a um, uh, a picture with a tall, large, black American man. Yeah, <laughs> like can we take a picture? <laughs> just, I mean, just to make sure.
0: And I'm not sure of the. Um cognate transliteration a lot of that stuff i mean just make sure like you you understand like the right context and and context for take a picture so that it's not like misconstrued as like record a film or something and they're (laughs) right yeah they think you're asking something completely different
1: yes yeah yeah no i'm trying to remember like the only like yeah yeah so um yeah so i uh you know, so I've been I've been doing that. Um, so I've been looking at that. I've been trying to sort of get in the mindset of, um, you know, the idea of possible layovers to for to, to save money on the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually looking at it, and one of them has like a seventeen-hour layover in China. Okay. And I was like, oh, that would be so interesting. And I, I just like, so this is my thing. It's like, do you know what part of China was it? Is it Beijing, Shanghai, or Hong Kong? Uh, cause I, it's
0: just, I know it's a little bit different, but I had a layover a couple of years ago in Hong Kong and that was one where as long as you have the layover, like you're able to go in and visit mainland and come back and go out. Um, but I don't know about Beijing and Shanghai cause I had a coworker who had a layover in either Beijing or Shanghai and tried to do the same thing. And then it was a little bit of a more of like a visa hop, but it was also technically yeah. a business trip. Um, so if you're there on, like, just a, a personal visa, it's probably not as big of a deal.
1: Yeah, like, it's just so, yeah, like, I don't even know. Gosh, shit, I have to actually look. I don't think I need a visa for this trip. I need the passport. Maybe I do. I don't know. Well, you'll, need I... the,
0: you'll definitely need the passport. Um, right. But you, you, the type of visa you would need for either Japan and or uh, China, I would imagine you'd probably need a more specific visa for for China, uh, or depending on where you're going there, as opposed to Japan. But
1: yeah, like, I mean, I would say I, you could
0: probably go to the State Department's website, but with the government being shut down, I don't know if that means that they're still running their web servers or not. So you don't ever know.
1: Yeah, we'll deal with it. Like, I mean, the pass. I was actually worried about the passport, but, like, I have enough time to get the passport. I've got realistically, like, eight months to figure out whether or not I need a visa. I'm, I'm obviously going to figure it out before, yep. you know, I've got a couple months. <laughs> like,. And, I mean, the the one surprising thing does,
0: I mean, where it's not really surprising because, you know, money makes everything move faster, but whenever whenever you do need the passport and you you pay for the expedited stuff, that shit is expedited because they say, like, you know, still leave up for, like, a month or, or two months for, like, the expedited one. I've usually had, like... Anytime I've done the expedited one, like from the time it's out of my hands to the time it's back in my hands, it's like eight days if that. So the exp- yeah. that that's the one thing I will give the the government, the state department and passport control uh, is once, once you give them a, you know, a, a significant amount of money, they'll, they'll do their job and do it quickly.
1: Yes. Actually, that's actually one of the next things I think I'm actually sending out for the passport. I've got all the paperwork and everything filled out. Um, I'm sending out for the passport probably in April, either March or April. Cool. Um, because I want to make sure I do have it. Everybody's like, "Oh, it doesn't take that long." I'm like, "I want to make sure I have it." Yeah,
0: just always better to have it than not. Because then once it's in your hands, you don't have anything to worry about.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I've been looking at flights. I've been looking at Airbnbs. Like, what's really exciting, which and it was really scary, is that like, I'm, I'm coming down to the. So I don't know. As, as listeners can probably tell, I'm constantly riddled with anxiety about everything all the time. Um, like it's to the point where I accidentally, like I thought I might, like it was, it's so bad where I thought I might've offended this lady at the bank and like just in our, in our inane conversation. And I thought about that for the entire week until I went back to the bank.
0: Yep. (laughs) There's, there's very much, I, I'm very much the same way with, with certain things and, uh, definitely a, a point of, um, doing too much work wise because then it's like b- working remotely. The only way I can interact with people is the majority of people through uh, text-based communication through, you know, instant messaging type, type options. Um, and so it's very navigating that through different cultures, different, uh, just, you know, uh, personalities it tends to be rough. So there's a lot there where it's just like, I, before I hit enter, like I have a lot of anxiety about like how long I have to wait to get a response for things and things like that. So yeah, a very similar there.
1: So, and so one of the things that's happening is like a, you know, the flight I've never flown for that long. I've only flown once. Um, so this is like my second, this is the second flight I've ever going to, I'm ever going to be on. Um, jump into the fire. <laughs> uh, I know. And then I'm sitting here and I'm like, can I be responsible enough? To not get stranded in a foreign country, <laughs> like because like it was like I I like I like I don't do anything stupid. Like I'm literally like I I plan on spending a ton of time in Kyoto, visiting shrines and taking pictures and like doing all that kind of stuff, and like just sort of exploring that way. I'm not like I'm not going to say that like I I have no plans of getting wrapped up in like the yakuza. Or like, you know, like getting caught up as an enforcer for the Yakuza. Well, and, I mean,
0: it's nice that that you're keeping your goals <laughs> realistic.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, you know. So I'm just sitting, and I'm just like, there's all that stuff. It's like, I don't want to, like, you know. It's like, what do I do for 17 hours? You know, what do I do for that layover? And it's not, it's not a, it's probably a big city, but it's, it would be like Shanghaozhou, Shangzhou. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, probably. It's, okay. I don't have it in front of me, but, um, so like, there's like a lot of stuff like that. And, um, you know, I Jim, Jim was actually talking to a uh, mutual friend, Jim, and, uh, I was telling him, he's like, I got I, I told him, I was like, I'm like, dude, I gotta get used to sitting for really long periods of time. Cause we're talking about like an overnight flight. That's like 16 hours, a layover. You know, I obviously I'm not just restricted to sitting during the layover, but <laughs> I mean it, it would be in China, and I don't know how that works. So, um, you know, but it's like all this thing is like, and I'm going by myself, and that's that's the really scary thing is that I'm like going by myself, so I don't have anything to distract me from everything. Mm-hmm. Jim's like, and Jim was like, oh yeah, he's like, he's like Jim, Jimbo, Jimothy was like, you've got, he's like, she's like, just get drunk beforehand
0: <laughs> either. I mean, either... <laughs> that tends to be a lot of people's answer. And a lot of people I know, like I have absolutely zero anxiety about flying. Like I probably have less anxiety on a plane than I do anywhere else. Um, but like, so that's really not a problem for me, but a lot of other people that end up having the same thing. And, and that's like their, their general number one answer is just, uh, and probably why there's so many, bars and airports, um, but where it's just, yeah, get drunk, uh, and then, or, you know, prime yourself so that once you get on the plane, international flight, they'll serve you, uh, you know, alcohol and stuff on the plane too. So you can get yourself primed and then just pass out and be good to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm absolutely like, it's, it's not even necessarily like the flying part because I hate to, now I have life insurance. So I'm like, if I die, I'm dead. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't have to worry about anything. They can spend the $150K I took out of myself to fish me out of the ocean. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, there was something I
0: saw when it was either end of last week or beginning of this week on, on TV on one of the news channels where there's another company where I think it's the f- it's either – the Philippines or Malaysian airlines is now like paying a American company to go resume the search for the downed Malaysian air that they never figured out what happened to. So, I mean, you know, if they're going back to look for that three years later, I mean,
1: I really don't think yeah. you've got anything to worry about. So, um, you know, and obviously I'm terrified of death. So, um, <laughs> I'm terrified of change, commitment and death. I'm, I'm probably like thirteen percent part rodent, so, um, um, yeah. So, or maybe I was a dinosaur in the previous life, and
0: uh...
1: that <laughs> big rock in the well, sky yeah, that seems as, like change.
0: As long as you stay away from <laughs> that big hurtling,
1: screaming ball of fire in the sky, you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, I was probably a dinosaur in a previous life, one of Henry and King Henry VIII's wives, and then. <laughs> And then just a regular human, I guess, for <laughs> for the death, but um so like and like like the whole thing, it's just like the idea of the trip and just being by myself for two weeks. Like I like spending time by myself, but there are certain situations where I really need a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like if I went with somebody, it's really it's really messed up save. Like if I went with somebody I would most likely just end up being like, okay, while we travel together, I'm going to go spend seven hours exploring this area. You're on your own, <laughs> you know, but um, I know I got to, I, I got to make sure I can actually get some kanji in there so I can read the subway signs.
0: Well, that's what I do the same thing all the time when I'm traveling for work. It's like, I, I have no problem traveling and then I get to the hotel and I'm like, Uh, there's nobody here. I don't want to go out and do anything. I just need to stay here, shut up and close my eyes, go to sleep. And so I end up having like, by the time, like I walk into the door in the hotel room before like that first hour, like I'm all over the chart with, um, uh, you know, anxiety, high, low, everything. And then I'm just like, eventually like I, I let it run its course. And then I just breathe and be like, okay, mm. now what do I want to do for dinner? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like there's, for whatever reason, I, I have no idea why, but it, like it happens all the damn time. And like, it, it comes and goes in intensity with different trips, but uh, I, I definitely know where you're coming from there.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I am. I mean, i like, I'm obviously, I'm really looking forward to it because it's like something greater that I'm obviously working towards with the trip for something else in my life. But I mean, I'm just, you know, I've got like, I've got a fucking, I've got Tokyo brought up, you know, I've got the clock brought up so I can at least try and start to think in that time zone difference. Nice. Um, you know, like those slow things. I mean, that may be silly, but it's definitely like a goal. Like when I can see what I've saved and when I see like an Airbnb and I can just go, holy shit, I could book this right now. Um, or it's like, holy shit, I could book this flight right now. And then it's happening.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, you're working towards it. I mean, it's not like tomorrow, but it's stuff you're, you're taking steps forwards. um, And that wasn't even a word. You're taking steps toward. um, And there's things that, you know, stuff you still need to figure out, but stuff that you still need to work on. But there's stuff that you're making, um, you know, progress towards and and taking steps here and there where um, it's not something where this was something that was somebody else told you to do or somebody else that was saying like, you need to do this because of a career or something like this, but something that you wanted to do and something to look at and and kind of dig into. So, um, just the, the fact of you having that as a goal and then everything you're doing, um, to, to work towards, it makes me really proud just to, to see you doing that. And then, you know, whatever, obviously goes without saying, whatever, uh, you know, help you help you need, just, you know, shout and, yeah. and we'll, we'll help you with that. But just seeing you kind of take that bull by the horns and run with it, um, is, is make like, it's prideful of me to kind of see, see my friends growing in that way.
1: Yeah. Like it, like it, it's crazy because like, so I've been like, I've been thinking about it and it's just one of those things where it's like, depending on it, how, like, how much I feel I could grow as an artist when I go over there. Like when you have those rationalizations or those realizations that, you know, like that could be the last holiday that I spent, you know, like this could have been the last Christmas that I spent with my family in like two or three years. Mm -hmm. And like shit like that, it's like nuts. And like, you know, like I'm going towards that. And one thing I've noticed is that like I wrote, I haven't, I haven't basically written any poems since, since I actually decided I was going to go fucking Japan. <laughs> I've basically just been like, I just haven't been able to write anything. Um, and a lot of that's because of like the amount of stress from work and like getting, getting situated to the new job. But mm-hmm. which um,
0: makes absolutely complete sense.
1: And, you know, I mean, it's bad. Like, I haven't really since I've said, a have said a few things out, but um, which is funny. And this is going to make me sound so fucking conceited, but like. I'm running out of stuff to send to publishers. So, like... Or to, like, little mag, little magazine. Let's be real. Like, little fucking... The little journals that I get published in. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm running out of poems to send. Because I only have a very finite amount of poems. Um, like, that manuscript... Like, the manuscript that I have, like... I want to say at least half of that's already been published. So... Like, I have a manuscript of poems that have already been published. Like, ha- most of them have already been published. And um, so I'm, like, not even sending stuff out. I'm not writing anything new. I don't – I haven't gone through a lot of the rigmarole of being, like, the constant, constantly rejected. Um, and I know my luck. So, like, we talk – so I've been planning this goal and I've been taking these steps forward. And one of the things that I've had to do um, – not had to do, but uh, another opportunity for me to grow as a writer is um, uh, there's the Cave Acadium, uh fellowship retreat uh, that happens every year in June. It's the premier um, African American poetry fellowship. Okay. And uh, it's the program's insane to get into. Um, they accept like ten percent applicants. Um, and you usually don't get, you don't get it like you apply, 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 and then they finally accept you um, ideally. Um, so this is about the time where I've already – this is like the third time I've applied. And I just know my luck that um, since I, I applied to Kaivai for this year, um, this is the year I'm finally going to get in. And that's just going to throw everything off about when I want to go. Yeah, it's
0: it's obviously like you you've been working and planning and doing everything, and then now it's like it just couldn't have happened at a worse time. And then, but it's like, yeah. what do you want to make that decision for?
1: I mean, like it's one of those things where I basically just have to go. Um, the bright thing with, with with Cave Canem is that the flight wouldn't be terribly expensive, and I could probably just get rid of my PS2 stuff and just pay for all of it. Um all the the tuition is basically done on a sliding scale, so I know how much of that I would pay. Um, I only get two weeks of PTO, um, but I would still have seven week. I'd still have seven days left for the way that it works out, because I technically wouldn't need all. I would I would still have five days left, so I just wouldn't get paid for a certain amount of time. I would just have to take an additional week off um, without pay. If I would still do it so like it's still feasible but I could just see all of that happening I could see that happening where I would have to like s- actually sit down and make like start making that decision and start having the f- something else to prepare for because I just is the way that my luck goes mm-hmm. where it's like huh, you won't let me into your fa-. I, like every every black poet in the last fucking 15 years has gone through that program like people that I like the majority I didn't say not every but like 90 95% okay. Of like really established people, um, you know, uh, uh, Terrence Hayes, um, Frank X Walker, um, Thomas uh, Sayre Ellis, um, like. Does the name
0: uh, Tanya Ingram ring a bell?
1: Yeah, she'd probably go through there too. Let me see. You just I actually, what I can do is I'll just bring up.
0: Um, well, just while, we while you're doing camp. that, but like one of the, one of the reasons I mentioned that is kind of the relation to where it was kind of, uh, as I said, the, the leading part of this. So 10 Ingram, income, somebody else that I was exposed to through to right love on her arms. Um, something, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sure we mentioned it at some point on, on the episodes here. Um, but, uh, it was kind of doubling back to the, the goal of one of the things I want to talk about, um, this week, which is why we were in Florida over the weekend. Mm. Um, so, uh, okay. it was since we, we don't really have, we don't have sponsors. Um, so we don't really have the need for much of a mid roll. Um, but I figured this was the perfect time for, uh, for a mid roll, Um, and, uh, in talking about everything that like you were just doing, as far as, um, you know, what's your goal? What's your plan for some of the, the transition next steps? Um, you know, doing what you want to do because you want to do it, um, figuring things out and just, you know, putting boots on the ground and figuring that out. Um, and just doing it with your voice and trying to keep that momentum going. Um, so a lot of that was something that Amanda and I have talked about off and on in, in various ways and, and through multiple avenues, both, you know, professionally, personally with friends and everything. Um, but one of the things that came up for the was the opportunity for her to attend Heart Camp. Um, mm-hmm. And well, I'll definitely throw the links into, into some of the, the post-show stuff for this. Um, but it was something that is a camp or a, a two-day session um, founded by the... or run by the, the founder of To Write Love in Our Arms, uh, Jamie Torkowski, um, down in Florida. Um, th- the session next month is probably going to be better weather-wise. Um, we were there this past weekend, and it was unseasonably cool um so even like during the night i was wearing you know my boots and my jeans again as opposed to the plethora of shorts and t-shirts that i packed um but it ends up being something where you're finding a group of other people that are doing the exact same thing that you just mentioned, um, where mm-hmm. it's not people questioning your desires. It's not people questioning like how you want to get there. Um, it's people that are authentic. They want to help you understand yourself. It's you know being accepting of everyone in the room. Um, so I mean, I, I didn't attend. I was there supporting Amanda, and I, I went and did some other stuff when, when she was doing that, both Sunday and Monday. Um, Monday, I was unfortunately working back to the being able to remotely work anywhere um but uh i mean they had 42 people there that you know instantly clicked were there accepting welcome and warm um and something where the i mean the majority of a lot of the stuff is you know what's the the hardest part to bring your heart to to work or your passion to work. Um, and then, you know, how can you uh, still be authentic with, uh, in a professional manner as well as in a personal manner? Um, a lot Mm -hmm. of the, the purpose and transition in life, because obviously, um, I mean, you didn't go to Queens to then with the ultimate intention of, uh, you know, uh selling uh storage units. Um I mean that's probably not, not what you <laughs> had in mind. Um so it's like I, I can't wait till I, I get my MFA and I can I can go sit here and, and sell cardboard. Um so I mean obviously there's there's some change there that that you're looking to make and obviously you need resources to be able to to move that ball down the road. Um but how do you handle that? Like how, how do you manage that while still being authentic and true to yourself? Um, so that was a, a very awesome two day session that I can't recommend highly enough, um, for any of our listeners that may be thinking about it. Um, there was a surprising number of North Carolinians there. Um, a couple from, uh, a couple from, um, Charlotte or one from Charlotte, a couple from Raleigh, actually somebody from apex. Um, so, you know, somebody from closer to your neck of the woods, somebody from closer mm-hmm. to our, our friends, uh, um, Jason and Ali, uh, in the, the area of, uh, of the, the Raleigh map, um, for, you know, some of that inside baseball Raleigh geography. Um, (laughs) but, uh, and it was just, it was beautiful to see all these people come together and a lot of what we talked about and a lot of the more heavier stuff that we talked about during our, our beach episode. Um, but the things that they're, they're there talking about it open and honest and, and having that, um, in the community and having an instant community where, you know, you and I have, have this and we bring whatever we want to the table and talk about it each week. Uh, Mm Um, But for many people, I mean, many people don't have that for a number of reasons, be it, uh, you know, just physical limitations of not having somebody sitting there next to them talking to them uh, or mental or emotional or anything else as far as um, things. So, I mean, these people took took a you know a leap of faith and were rewarded insanely for it. Um, and from an outsider looking in, like, I mean, Sunday I went and played in some of the pre releases uh, while they were doing their thing and then came back and had dinner and stuff and then watched the, the Vikings game with somebody who was attending the camp from Minnesota. Um and then Monday I, I was working and would have much rather been participating in the camp than doing anything that I was work related. Um but uh I mean it ended up being something where I think everybody got so much more out of it than what they expected to. Um and so with that they end up having a lot of FaceTime with with Jamie, um the founder of in Her Arms. But there's also two key guest speakers. Um one which you may or may not know of which is Sierra DeMulder. Um and she's a two time national poetry slam champion uh she's she's written a bunch in in relation to tula. We actually saw her um two years ago at their annual concert slash spoken word uh night uh down in Orlando. Um, and she read some amazing stuff and had, and now she's working for a, um, uh, po- to, a program to get poetry in the schools in, in Florida. Uh, and then Denny Kolsch, who's a, a mental health counselor, um, talking about like opioid treatments and, and things like that and, uh, addiction and, and treatment there and just how, how both of those people, um, have passions, experiences that they can bring, uh, to the table and helping people. So you you have a lot of face time with people that, that help there. Um, so this is something where, unfortunately, I can't go back for the February session based off of uh, timing, but I'm, I'm hoping there's more um, uh, just based on, on work stuff. Um, but there's there's plenty of stuff. And, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out some of the hashtag searches so some of our listeners can look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's it's definitely something I, I would recommend for anyone who is feeling the need to fit in um, feeling the need, like they're searching for something that they knows out there that they just might not have found. Um, but is also something that, you know, it's, if you're looking for kind of the return on an investment type thing, um, there's not one person that attended this weekend, uh, down there in Florida that would say that it wasn't a, you know, a 10 X investment. And I'm probably, you know, being conservative there as far as the total cost of the trip for, for what they got out of it. So, um, there's plenty of amazing stories with, people who are there just finding themselves, people who are there looking for uh, resources and an understanding to help grow some of their nonprofits um, and and uh, you know everybody in between. So it, it's definitely something I, I would say is, is worth a check out for our listeners. Mm-hmm. I know spots are still available. They're, they're filling up, but they're still available too. Um, so that's what I... Depending on what we end up doing tomorrow or Monday, I will get this episode out as fast as I can, um, but then also make sure we get some of that cross-linked and, and stuff there to, to get it. But that's just... Using that as, as kind of a mid-roll piece as far as why I was leading you with that that mm-hmm. question about, about Japan and, and what you were doing, um, the, it, there were a lot of discussion that I had, and I was grateful for, for that group to include me in it as being there supporting Amanda for some of the extracurricular activities, um, which will lead to some of the other stuff mm-hmm. I, I wanted to mention, but... Um, just as the opportunity there, it's. Uh, I mean, I can mention the website here. If you just go to heartcampwithjamie.com, um, that's that gives you all the information you need right there for the February session. Um, and then, you know, any of your social media, just search uh, hashtag heartcamp18, and there's everybody is tweeting, uh, Instagramming, Facebooking, all of that stuff. So there's there's plenty of stuff out there for that. Um, but it's it's something where if if you're in line with a lot of the. Uh, Friendship, authenticity, community building—stuff that you know you and I talk about here uh, from our our listeners—then it, it's something that would be worth your time, or at least worth worth the time to to follow and have an interest in. So um, that's that's my mid role and completely unsponsored mid roll in any way, shape, or form. But that's that's where kind of some <laughs> of the, the the leading
1: questions were going earlier. Uh, I've been bamboozled. A full a full boozle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Uh workshops like that like you know uh, those things are always important and one of the things that so um as someone who god i yeah we've talked about that i really hate calling myself uh, a poet but like as someone who (laughs) writes poems um,
0: but so, uh, so at the same time though, like you hate, you hate that name or you hate the you hate the designation of poet, but at the same time you write poetry. So yeah. like if, if you don't want to be a painter, but you paint, you're still technically a painter. So yeah, just... this is something similar to like one of the other things that I want to touch on for afterwards, but, um, like it's, it's one of the, kind of the driving mantras that I have. Um, and, you know, it's not like it's coming from the Dalai Lama or Ram Dass or Joseph Campbell <laughs> or anything. It's coming from Kevin Smith. Um, and so, you know, take that with whatever you want. But, you know, this guy has been part of my, um, you know, true North type of uh, get shit done um, mentality uh, my entire life. Um, ever since I saw mall rats on one of my, you know, f- cognitive forming snow days. But, he he always said he wanted to, to make movies. He wanted to be a director. He wanted to be a director. And in one of his conversations with his older sister, she's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Just be a director. Like, nobody's going to come and hand it to you. Nobody's going to ask you to do it. Just be a director. So, like, I mean, he's like, okay, so I just need to start making movies, and then I'm a director. And then he just kind of self-deprecatingly did that for the past 25 years. Um <laughs> So, I mean, similar to that, like, I mean, you may not, you know, like the designation of a poet, but if you write poetry, you're technically doing the job of of a poet. So it's just kind of, you know, why fight it? and Why, like, just because it may not be what's bringing in the money or paying the bills, but it doesn't it doesn't make it any different. Um, Well, it's
1: good. (laughs) Like, for me, it's more of like a um, I don't know, like, like I do it and it's not because it's like it's not because it doesn't like bring in um i think what it is is because there's this the there's a lot of a lot of stigma mm-hmm. um with with that and i think there's like that thing because it's like it's sort of a way it's like because i've i've met like <laughs> I, there's like a a certain id like um there's like a certain way that they're usually presented, and a lot of that comes from the fact that the, um, a lot of po- poetry groups in the past were very, um, elitist. Mm-hmm. And a that's actually gay-keeping. one of the. Yeah, yeah. And, like, for instance, like, I've been to an NC Society of Poetry meeting before, and I was the youngest person there by far, and one of the only two or three people of color. And it was all old, old folks. And, you know, it, you know, there's stuff like that. Like, it's like, these are the people that, you know, the roundabout way, um, before I completely go on a a totally different tangent, the reason I mentioned that is because um, writing groups now and a lot of those workshops, they're not, they've started to open up and be more about um, acceptance and more about helping each other become better and, um, helping you find your own voice and that honesty in your work, which I'm sure they had to have talked about during art camp. Um, and that's nice to see. And those areas, you know, are always like, those are values that you always want to see in the workshops that you go to. Like you'll never the part of the reason I want to go to Cave Canem is because I want to go hang out with other black writers mm-hmm. and laugh about the insane shit that gets said to us during workshops <laughs> um, um, because, you know, um, you get like, do you know, how many times I, I'm told my free verse non metered poetry is rhythmic in nature. <laughs> um I'm like I'm I'm a lyrical poet, right? I write poems, I write poems about being sad and being black or being biracial depending on the day of the week. Um that aren't metered and I write in free verse. Yeah. I write non I might write non-metered free verse poetry. Like there's no rhythm to what I write. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, they're okay, they're okay, they're, they're they're there's probably like a little, but like there's not I mean to the point for you to mention it. Like it's just I mean there's like so much stuff like that, or you know, um the other one is too is that it's funny you mention um slam poetry, but I get asked a lot if I do slam poetry. I I don't do that. I write tiny little, I write tiny little poems about being sad or being black, <laughs> in you know, in free verse, not metered, like, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it's there's always those kind of questions. There's always like a lot of that stuff too. Like, I, first of all, and I was I nothing disparaging against slam poets. There are some. It's I actually, I absolutely love watching really good slam poets. Um, Nicholas Bell, which I believe was the State Port laureate for. One of, um, oh god, one of those states in the Midwest. Um, maybe Nebraska? That, oh, that probably sounds right. Beautiful, beautiful slam poet. Like, beautiful poet. Insanely, you know, insanely talented. But, you know, like, you know, really talented. I don't have anything against it. It's just not for me. Um, it's not, Uh, it's not how I feel comfortable expressing, um, the work that I create. Um, but like, I mean, there's like so much stuff like that. And it's like, you know, um, you can write poems that deal with like perception or anything like that. Like I've been in workshops, you know, where I've had instructors be like, I don't get what this poem is about. And, you know, it's basically a scenario of two kids being on a Ferris wheel. One's white, one's black. The black kid's afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. It's basically just saying that the world's different for diff- people who look different from each other. Like, but, you know, instructors who, in, instructors who like, don't understand the, in, the, the difference of privilege can cause, you know, those different views.
0: Yeah, just different perspective and, and everything yeah. where not everything has to have much more of a narrative but more, you know, observational in nature.
1: And it's like, you know, I – it'll be nuts to, like, be in a group of poets where you don't have to necessarily worry about that if you're doing – if you're performing your craft right and you're doing what you need to, you're in a group of poets who sort of see the world in the same way that you do. And, like, that sense of that idea of belonging and I, like, I always – rave about Queens because from the experience that I had in undergrad from that art program to this was just absolutely different and night and day. And it was, I feel I grew a lot at Queens cost a lot of money, but I grew, I feel like it grew a lot. Um, and I just love that idea of there being something there for you. And I have not met any single, I have not met any single writer outside of, um, um, you know, who doesn't embrace that because we're living in a world where written communication is becoming more prevalent, but we don't value the people that do that, like, who take the time to actually study that and learn how to do that effectively. Um, and it's a scary thing, um, but that acceptance is always, always there, and and it, like, and it's so... And because I know how much that like like how much that idea and those values mean to me, like I was really excited to see um you guys go and 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 deal with that. I just that like to have an opportunity to grow that way. Um and to be in, in an environment where that would be really encouraged, and like that's you know like I like that shit, shit like that to me is just like so cool, um, and I like seeing that because, you know, if my if my friends if my friends succeed I succeed you know like if they're you know, it's like a like a real form of like positive encouragement you know mm-hmm. like. We can all, like, like we're all in this together. We're all, you know, we're all just trying to be the best person that we can be. And Absolutely. we just want to be accepted for that, you know? So, oh, man, I'm breaking out the Canadian. It's probably getting late, <laughs> you know? And another thing is the moose in my backyard. They just eat everything. What's this all about? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: um. No, I just have Terrence and Philip in my head, but that's a, another big <laughs> <Sorry. digression. laughs>
1: So um yeah so i mean like that's always really cool and i always encourage folks to you know become involved in those communities where you where you can where you want to be involved um you know and sometimes i should take my own advice cuz i'm not terribly involved in the riley Raleigh, riley's Raleigh's, Raleigh's poetry community but it's also i i need nick cage to help me because it's like some national travel of, national treasure level bullshit of like, <laughs> of like the getting Bell tower involved.
0: and then getting a telescope and putting yeah, a candle yeah. in front of it and, uh, making a laser out of it to add something into more square and then figuring out where the, the acorn leads to. So
1: yeah, like there, and it's nuts. Cause like there's a local poet who has books public that were a, in my local library, uh, B, Published by a friend from Queens in their press, like by by their press. So like, I'm only a degree away from this person, and like, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to uh, one of the librarians at the local library, and they're like, I'm like, I'm like, do you happen to know anything about this? Mm-hmm. As I'm in this, you know, section full of outside of that one poet's poems, uh, that this, this library section of just all the white dudes, um, all <laughs> the old white dudes, the poetry. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, there might've been like a little Langston Hughes, but. Um,
0: so we got one. We, yeah. Like, we yeah. Got, yeah. We got one. We're starting with were, one.
1: There were a couple, and they, there were a couple of women. There probably was like Dickens. There was a very small selection um, as it always is. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, you should go to this person's workshop. And I'm like, I don't want to go to their workshop. I just want to meet this person. <laughs> like, like, and I've mentioned, I have a couple other friends in the area who write and I've, you know, talked to stuff about and talk to stuff about them and, and they're like, yeah, that person's pretty big and they kind of control the scene and Raleigh. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't want to have to deal with any gatekeeping. Exactly. Like, you know, I just want to sit down, you know, write, Maybe like I'm trying to find an open mic to actually go and actually start reading in front of people because I need to um, I'm pretty good about not needing to, you know, knock on wood. Um, I'm really I'm like, I'm really tough on my own. So like, I'm tough on I, other think, people I,
0: I think most creators are just by nature. So
1: and um, because I want to make sure I'm putting forth, forth the best product. Product and once I actually figured out sort of how to write, um, yeah, I still don't know how to do it completely. My all my E's are little backwards E's, like a five-year-old would do. It's really cute. (laughs) Um, So, um, so I can actually start to see like what audience, you know, what potential reader feedback would be um, to pieces, so I can see what's working and what's not working. Um, And that's probably not the appropriate way to workshop things, but. Um, I also need more reading experience, too, in front of people. Um, so I can actually remember the reading instead of just coming to in a seat, like, you know, three minutes later after you're done, just going, what? what Oh, I just did that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Well, I mean, that's what, like, a, a, a for, I was listening to a podcast recently. It was one of the Talk is Jericho's. I forget which superstar he was which women superstar he was talking to but they were saying like death is the number one fear everyone has and then public speaking is the highest number two fear that everyone has so yeah obviously like if you black out when you're when you're reading something that's not good but you know working to, yeah. toward that is, is something so i mean that it's very interesting a lot of what you just said there because it, it hits on a lot of the points that the succession of um the tau according to kevin smith which you know i should transcribe mm-hmm. smodcast and just write that as a book <laughs> um but uh in the vein of of listening to smodcast and hearing him go on like a half hour uh rant of somebody just complimenting him on losing a lot of weight and going on for you know a half hour off of that um this is you know a, a roundabout journey to connect back to exactly what you were just saying um but through some of the discussions at hard camp uh multiple uh Multiple different um, conversations were held that that I had with people there, um, reflecting exactly what what I'm feeling and dealing with and things I've talked about in the past, um, you know, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, uh, dealing with uh, the ineffectiveness that you feel with yourself in comparison to social media, uh, and a lot of stuff there and in failure and, and some of that stuff. Um, and so... Once we got home, and we were, or uh, actually on the flight home from from Florida, um, there was one piece that that really resonated with me that that I know from the past couple of years, and this was half of it. But then I still I know there's still a piece that I, I'm missing that I still need to do some some research for. So once you're done with Nicolas Cage, he can help me figure out the the rest of where this lost piece <laughs> of my mind is. Um, <laughs> but it was it's the Smodcast episode, and I forget exactly which number it is. I should still have the file here somewhere. Um, but it's the episode where he talks about uh, Smodcast three thirty. So it's the episode he talks about uh, um, Comic Con twenty fifteen and the the. Hall H panel that he does every year, which was immediately after the mm-hmm. Star Wars panel that J.J. Abrams took everyone in Hall H out to a Star Wars concert that was being directed by uh, um, the. Uh, and now I'm drawing a blank there. Um, John Williams uh, back on the basically the the back patio of where. San Diego Comic-Con is held. So usually he has a room full of 6,000 people who are primed all day and like sitting there waiting and talking and they stick around to see him. And now you just had J.J. Abrams come in with a big vacuum and suck everybody out. And so as he's built, as Kevin Smith has built up his career, like his biggest fear is always like eventually some of these people are going to see beyond his facade and they're just not going to show up to Hall H. Like he's just going to walk out into a (laughs) 7,000 person room and it's going to be empty. um, Where now legitimately one of his colleagues actually did that and took everybody out of the room on purpose to, to go somewhere else. Um, but eventually he, he walked out, um, and there were still, you know, a couple thousand people there, about 2000 people or something. He said, um, I wasn't in the room there cause I was outside waiting in line to get in on Saturday. Um, but I had friends who were in there and left, uh, thanks to the, the, um, you know, the, the, Williams, the go by yeah. by, uh, by JJ Abrams. Um, but, I mean, I and then so he, he does a little intro for, for that on Spotcast 330, but then he basically just has the whole panel. Um, and what he does is he, he gets into there and, and eventually talking about, you know, this is his biggest fear, and now he's living his biggest nightmare. Um, and, like, that was always the one thing that no matter what movie he did, uh, whether it was um, – you know, what he wanted to do like clerks Two, or something that was as big of a flop as Jersey girl or something like that. Um, like it was, uh,
1: and you know, hashtag hashtag yoga hosers. Yeah, well, exactly.
0: And so <laughs> again, now he's like, well, this is wait till he gets to the fucking walrus movie. Um, and so, cause I, I think this was, he, he talks about writing yoga hosers there. They had not yet filmed it. Um, and so uh, it just ends up being something where like you're going to embrace your, your biggest nightmare. You're, you're, you're going mm-hmm. to, to f- find it out at some point, but you're going to be able to get past it. Um, right. And then where eventually you build it up so so big. And I mean, there's a number of things where this is applicable to and things that's you know not quite or it's not a one-to-one correlation. Um, but it's still there's lessons learned and, and applicability. Um, and one of the things that he gets to eventually is um, – to to be a creator because you're the only one that has your voice and obviously this main this means or is is much more um concrete and less abstract in what you were just talking about as being a poet and, and poetry and, and things like that um, but just in general if if you want to create something from a a film perspective. You're the only one with that perspective and that voice from digital mm-hmm. animation from, you know, fuck, we started a podcast cause we wanted to. Um, so like we wanted something out there to be unique and be our voice. Um, and, and to just do that and nobody else is, is going to do it for you. Nobody else is going to tell your story the way you want it told or, or with all of the, uh, inflection and points and pain and anguish but also the happiness and and love and spirit that you have um so you know that's that's the thing that you have to do to keep going so he could have you know crumbled and and basically just stayed backstage and said fuck it and and cried in his own pool and smoked a shit ton of (laughs) weed and then uh (laughs) ate you know handfuls of, of whatever and then called it a night but you know he went out there he faced the fear and then he hit a fucking home run and and went on with it um there's a number of things that that I, I find in in my professional career that's very similar to that, where I build up things inside of my head, and then eventually they're they're much more um, tolerable than than expected. Um, but it, it goes to the fact of you know going back to the to the just do it, where if you want to be X, just start doing it. Like. I know, and this is not saying that, that everybody has a zero barrier to enter to anything. I know in many things, there are, there for the shittiness of the world, there are many levels of gatekeeping, which is, sucks and mm. stupid and things like that. But at the same time, again, if you write poetry, you're a poet. If you do X, you're X. Like we're podcasters. We may not have nerdist numbers, but we're podcasters. So we're, we're doing it. So at, <laughs> at some point, you know, the derivative that, that I get out of there is. Um, and it's, there's a lot of work that I want to do. And this is something where, again, like you just said, taking your own advice, this is me needing to take my own advice of just doing it where I've had a lot of notes on little conference presentations that I've wanted to write and things that I just haven't gotten around to it. So this is one of them. But I mean, as far as with, uh, gatekeeping in this aspect or just being a creator and, and being in the, the, uh, kind of like a golden age of being able to be a creator, um, is, you know, you have this, this key metric of success versus sustainability, um, and so there's mm-hmm. a lot that, that people unjustly put on themselves where when you're looking at that, you're, you don't think you can be that label until you have some level of success or you, you achieve some metric that means it's a, a dollar amount or a view amount or a listener amount or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean – I don't come to record every week with us just because we're looking to get X number of listeners or, or listeners per episode. Fuck, I don't. I don't remember the last time I looked at that number. Like I'm doing it because I want to sit here, I want to talk, and we want to have this conversation, and we don't know where it's going to take us or, or what it's, it's going to lead us to. But it's 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 awesome, and I. Like that's the the authenticness that, that I wanna get. And I mean, there's we're coming up on a year from the Modern Masters review. We've gotta do that. We've gotta figure out other stuff for uh media swaps and depending on how long oh. I wanna have you reading a book. Um and <laughs> there's there's so tons of that stuff. So I mean there's we have sustainability out the window and then I mean once you move to Japan, I mean I, I'm pretty sure they have internet in Japan, so we should be able to do it there. They do. Um <laughs> and, and so, I mean, it's, the, there's nothing there that says like, we, we can't be podcasters just because we haven't done X or Y or, or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like, I mean, we're not looking for sponsors, but once you have that, that becomes a certain responsibility. And so, I mean, we, we want it to be us. We want it to be natural and, and organic. And there's things like, you still want to do your Don removes movies poorly. And I'm waiting to do that because I don't have time to watch movies. So I would rather read your reviews <laughs> than actually watch movies. Um And Or I can, you know, when I'm on airplanes, I can read your reviews out loud and spoil the people that are streaming them
1: from inside the plane. Um, That's great. I should do that. I should find all of the airplane reviews and every flight. You like just find just all the movies they play in airplanes and just do all those. Like, yeah, take that taxi with clean Latifah and Jimmy Fallon.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't, remember the next flight I'm going to be on, but I'll get you the list of, you know, what, what's hot on American airlines next time I fly. So you, so you can know to make sure that's at the top of your list. Um, but I mean, there's a lot there. And I mean, whether, whether it's something from, you know, uh, photography to blogging to poetry, to painting, to, um, you know, starting your, starting your own nonprofit. I mean, I, I have friends now starting, uh, you know, pet based businesses, um, I should say pet care business is not, you know, business based on the back of a pet economy or something. Um, <laughs> I'll and, trade
1: you two puppies for four kittens. Yeah, or exactly
0: like <laughs> they're just they're, – they're taking this here and there. But um, I mean it ends up being something where that – and I have, you know, friends from back home who uh, in multiple areas of the country um, where they live now, like they're – Booming in, in successful like real estate work. Um, so I mean, for me to see to see those people to be successful and to to just stick with it is it, it makes my heart full. And being able to see these people be successful in that and not succumb to gatekeeping and, and not think just because somebody didn't say hey why don't you come do this they didn't think it was for them. Um, and so for me that's that's the real factor of success versus sustainability. Like if that's something you're passionate about, if that's something you want to do, um, you know. You've got to be headstrong about it because again, nobody's going to ask you to do it. But once you get that ball rolling, once you get it kickstarted, your passion's going to be visible to other people and then they're going to help you along because the people that care about you want to see you succeed and want to see like your heart grow too. And if that's truly what you are then that's the way your heart's going to grow and they'll help you with it. So, I mean, I I would think with all of our listeners, like the, the listeners that know us personally, I mean, I've had multiple people come around and say like, they, they love this episode or that episode or like, keep it up with the podcast. It sounds great. And I would rather have, you know, those one-on-one connections than anything else that we had for a key success metric where we had to be beholden Mm -hmm. to somebody else to, to kind of do X or Y. Um, And so, I mean, I hope anybody, you know, in earshot of this episode, um, in from wherever you're listening to it knows that, you know, similar to, to knowing us that we would sponsor you to, to do the same thing. Um, and so that's why, you know, whenever I see you're sharing stuff on Facebook for where your stuff's getting published, I'm sharing it, liking it and sending it to other people that you may not know about yet. Um, but then, uh, in the best way, not like there's like some creepy guy outside your window, but I, I, I I can't guarantee that there isn't one, but it's it's not because I sent them any information for you. Um, so but I mean that's so to, to wrap this up in an in overly long rambling very much Kevin Smith like way I've achieved some success in that um, but this is again it's you know in the in one of the key things for me and I I, I do it with work because I have I, I have to write for work and then I have a video blog series for work um, which I'll probably turn into just a podcast to rip out the audio for that too and everything. So it's like, it's success versus sustainability. Like, I mean, we have certain success metrics. And yes, I understand eventually when you're doing things from a business perspective, it comes down where it has to be sustainable to the dollar amount. So that dollar amount Mm. becomes your success metric, but is it, is it successful or is it sustainable to you as a person to your soul? Is it, is it filling up uh, one of the episodes that I listened to of you made it weird recently with, uh, Mark Duplass from the Duplass brothers, um, the brother that was on the league. Um, he basically says like he, he chooses projects based on soul points. There are projects that like add to his soul points and projects that take away from his soul points. Um, and so if he can do a project that uh, that basically gets him home at five so he can be with his kids and, and stuff like that like that's going to add to his soul points. there may be things that he would do that will take away, but you know he 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 definitely needs to over the course of a period he needs to be adding soul points and not taking them away so as and so for me that that goes direct to that sustainability piece so if if you can sustain it you can work towards success, but, but don't let the fact that you're, you're not having immediate success or you're not having somebody kind of tear your door down, um, to, to pull you into something, be, be a a negative thing because there's always going to be people uh, again, you know, the majority of the internet is is negative for just kind of unfortunately where it happens to go. Anonymity breeds contempt. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, the, and that's another reason why I don't mind our name being the name that we have for the podcast because it puts it front and center. There's nothing we're hiding behind. Um, and so, so yeah. there's people not asking you to do things, but if you can keep it up and you stay with it, you're going to bring other people into the fold and see what you're going with and kind of see, see how you you want your passions to be other things. Um, and so if I get the chance to attend a heart camp, like that's my spiel for, for what I want people to, to get for me and, and whatever I can support them to do their thing. Um, but I mean, I, I would hope our audience has seen that from us now where there's a lot where we do things because we want to do it. Our conversations are authentic. We like, we have a good time doing it and nobody really asked us to be a podcast. Um, because you know i say um too much and you yawn a lot so there's really not much else that we're, we're trying to figure out here to, to to basically you know compete with with any of the big dogs but that doesn't mean we're not going to do it just because we can't have everything the, the best in the world and we're not gold medalist type thing so so that was a, a real roundabout long way of me ranting and, and talking way too much but now I'll, I'll take a breath get a drink of water and let you respond
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean it all makes sense like it's you know i've always you know i've always been a uh creator and um i've known that for years i mean i don't know if i've ever told the story about um i probably when we talked about poetry about uh when i graduated from because in i guess in i guess it's a big deal to graduate from kindergarten um mm-hmm. and so we had a kindergarten graduation and they always they line you up and um they line you up, and it was in this tiny little school in in State New York, and they just line us all up, and and they're like, "What do you want to be?" And I'm like, "I want to be an artist." So like, I've always wanted to, like, I've always known I've wanted to be a creator. Um, and <laughs> um, it's just like, so that's basically in everything that I. It's like it's that 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 need it comes across in in like. And everything that I do and every reason why I want to do things like, um, you know, I love I love the idea of art. I love the idea of expression. Um, and, you know, that's something that sometimes I end up having trouble focusing on one thing or another. Um, but that's, I think, more the ADHD. Um,
0: I think that's also the creative <laughs> mind, because every creative person who tends to be of that mind I know is the same exact way where there's multiple projects all going at the same time, all wanting to go like talk about them as if they were complete way too early, but then still working on them. So I, I wouldn't necessarily discredit yourself there. I think that's more of just the, the, uh, the metaphysical aspect of being a creator.
1: Yeah. Like one of, like, you know, one of the things that i am actually kind of like, um, which is, which is nuts. Like, So I've been, I've been doing, I've been trying to do the photography thing to sort of figure out how to, um, not use a camera, but actually sort of like, um, how to take more compelling photos. Yeah, composition. um, And, and to figure out whether or not I can actually, like, create art with just the photograph. Um, one of the things I've actually been thinking about doing is actually, um sending those out um to to magazines because with uh the website that i use uh duotrope um compiles um different literary journals and websites and magazines and tells you the acceptance rate for certain pieces of you know fiction nonfiction, poetry that kind of stuff well they added a visual art so, it's a service that I'm already paying for. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. So, I figured, well, if it doesn't cost anything to submit, why not just send that out there? Yeah, I don't, granted, it'll knock down my little sweet 66% acceptance rate. Um, You know, but... Which, that's another thing, too, is that, like, I, I don't even have that many rejection letters. Which is, like, weird. Mm-hmm. Like i people talk for a
0: creator who's submitting to other for a decent amount of publications
1: yeah like it's you know and the other thing is too is that i won't you know and that you know i do go to a lot of the ones where um i feel like i would have a decent chance of getting accepted and i usually i usually do um so but it's still like it's still nerve-wracking for me like i spent you know, I don't have I don't have a fear of rejection, um, but like it still just gets me like it still gets me apprehensive. Um, and especially when it's something like, like I don't I've never taken a photography class. Um, I've taken like a couple art classes and what I've read and researched actually like uh, a, apparently somehow parts of my life, I've actually developed an eye for photography um at least from what i've researched um and that quiz i took on facebook said i was good so um yeah (laughs) um from at least what i've seen it could be true it could not be i don't know i'm not you know you know i'm just uh you know just a dude who takes uh takes photos Uh, (laughs) um and you know it i mean like it it's always there and like it's those steps that we take because we never because it, it, those steps that we take to better ourselves inadvertently always better those around us and because we're so interconnected with with technology and with the internet or the world wide web or your aol boot up disc yep um God, I used to chuck. I Me, mean, my friends, and I would used to go to a store. We just take all the free demo discs, take them back to the, take them back to our apartment complexes, and just fucking chuck them at each other. <laughs> we're having an internet fight. <laughs> I was at a, uh, a college football
0: game in Madison at University of Wisconsin, uh, my senior year, two thousand five, when AOL CDs were still a thing. For some reason, they thought (laughs) handing out AOL CDs to college students entering a stadium was a good idea. Um, And I almost saw, you know, some of the hosts of ESPN Game Day get uh, decapitated by uh, discs that were were flying uh, through the air. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's, uh, (laughs) something where I end up uh, having some of that uh, on uh, my radar for an extended period of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... um Yeah. So who had the who had the pool that who had Scott Van Pelt in the death pool? Yeah. And who picked decapitation by AOL? disc? But yeah, so like that need always drives, you know, I know like I have that drive with myself and I know there are other people that I may not talk to all the time. Or it may not experience. I know that drive exists within all of us. God, I sound like a fucking Care Bear.
0: Well, no, no. Um, (laughs) I mean, at the same time, because when we had we had the magic team, you know, a number of years ago, and Mm -hmm. we were getting stuff and having plans for things, and I mean, we not a lot of it came to fruition. But at the same time, like I, I definitely have evolved since then or progressed the mindset because, I mean you were the main person saying like, we should do deck techs and record them and do Twitch and, and have the channel and everything. And at the time I'm like, why are you crazy? Like, what is that? Like, we don't, I was gatekeeping myself from doing that because we didn't have the ability Hmm. to do it. But at the same time, like now I would love to do that. I I wish I had the time. I wish we still had, you know, the team the way it was to be able to do that. So, I, I mean, I think that's something where, um, again, I mean, you, you mentioned we're all in this together. Um, and and that's one of the – kind of the right love in our arms mantras as well as my favorite is people need other people. Um, and so I mean that's mm-hmm. the the best way to preserve all of that. I mean if we're doing things together, the when you – like w- there's a reason like you have team building exercise and a lot of that comes as a byproduct mm-hmm. or you have things that you create as a byproduct of that because people come together when they're creating things. And I think as a creator, um, you want to bring people together with what you're creating and a lot of that is – you know, for other people, for any number of reasons and just different personality styles may, may not see that. But I mean, I, for since then, I've definitely made the, the mindset change of instead of saying why or how, or we can't do that, it's like, okay, why not? Let's do it type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's there, there's a lot there that is, uh, is experience gained. Like, I I don't know if I needed to be a certain level. So once I hit, you know, level 50, then I I gain that ability. (laughs) Um, but it, it's something where I, I would not, you know, put yourself down or denigrate your uh, your personality for any of that of, of wanting to, to create because uh, in the end you are just bringing everybody together.
1: Yeah, like it's always it's always such a crazy thing. And, you know, it's always, you know, we're all so interconnected. And it's like my whole thing, it's like you talked about the, you know, success, success metric um and you know what we actually um you know like I don't know how we would define that and god i mean there are you know i had a conversation with um uh cathy smith bowers um uh, who uh was my final um she's such a nice lady um and she's really talented too um she, uh, was my final advisor at Queens and, um, my non-thesis advisor, my final work advisor. So, um, who, um, she was always really encouraging and always really nice and, um, had way too many nice things to say about my work and, um, you know, so we sat down, and she's like, "One of the things that they would do is they, they, you know, they, they pull up, and you know, you're there for, t- you're there for two years, and then basically the last semester is you just basically graduate. So exactly. it's only like a week residency, um, that you do, and that's all paid for ahead of time, as part of the tuition for your other, for the first, the four semesters you're there. So you buy four, get a semester free. Yeah." Um it's, it's a, a great a coupon deal. program. Yeah, so it's a great coupon pro uh program. Um and I got to listen to the speechwriter for uh Bill Clinton talk about some fraudulent charge for a tractor for like half of a class, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> um so uh she sent me down, and she's like, "What do you want to?" She's like, "She's like, what do you want to accomplish as a writer?" And I told her, "I go, honestly, the only thing I want to do as a writer is, um, you know, uh, there I have two silly goals, and one of them is that I want my work to be in textbooks, um, and it's not because I demand I be studied, but." <laughs> um because what i do is not <laughs> um like, for the way that there. the way that no like it's because i want to like because kids studying my work is going to be incredibly disappointed <laughs> but like it's just about a duck he said so right there <laughs> um like any you know it, it's not because of that but it's because i remember going through you know going through school you know we didn't you, you never use the entire textbook mm-hmm. and if you were a fast reader you would always you would finish what you read and do your little worksheet assignment or read your questions or whatever and um go and sometimes you would skip around like i'd skip around to the book and i read like a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff like that and When you're included in those educational anthologies Not every single writer that needs to be Studied but You Sometimes a lot of that stuff You could reach out and Maybe Inspire someone or Let them know that it's all Kind of it's it's going to be okay because There are other people out there who have felt like That or who feel that Way um I Hopefully I would get one before I'm dead Mm -hmm. Um (laughs) Um,
0: I mean, unfortunately, that is the, so, the most of the plight of the the struggling artist is it's not successful to yeah. after that. But I mean, we can hope to make that switch. We can hope to make that a new trend.
1: So, um, you know, um, it's because of, not because I necessarily want to be studied, but I would just want to be there to, like, be able to help someone else when I may physically not be able to be there. Exactly. Um, You know. So it's like, and you know, there's that, and the other one is it's, it's, I've decided it's the only actual government position I would ever want to hold that actually wouldn't mind being uh, a poet laureate for a state. Um, because you know, it's A, I could technically be a government official, so maybe I could weasel my way into some sweet license plates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And B, you know, you represent, um, when you do that, you basically, you know, it's, it's an appointed position for like a couple years and, um, you know, it's, you know, it, it it wasn't like something that was necessarily like, they pay you and you write poems for like parks when they open, or whenever, whenever somebody's like, we should have someone write a poem for this, and they're like, "Hey, aren't we paying Ted's cousin?" Yeah, <laughs> didn't we give him some sweet license plates for this?
0: Whenever there's a ribbon cutting ceremony with a ridiculously oversized pair of scissors, they they need somebody to come and, and yeah. do something like that.
1: Yeah, and like you go and you basically like you go to schools and you read like like and you tell like. You know, you go to schools and you spread poetry like Johnny fucking Appleseed across the fucking state um, <laughs> to encourage like more writers. And, you know, with yeah, you know, we've talked about it earlier about the elitism of writing that happens sometimes, especially or in arts in general or with that, you know, you're in this shrinking, you know, the shrinking pool of of people. Mm hmm. Um, as I could tell from the poetry readings that I've been to or the, um, you know, uh, or the, the society meetings or that, you know, um, in 20 years, that meeting's just me in a room, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, you know, so it's very, um, you know, it, <laughs> Uh, like it's I, I don't want to see that it's like I don't want to see that happen I know there are kids out there that if we explained poetry to them in a simple way as a simple way for them to just tell their own truth they would just love it like they would just absolutely they would love it and they would want to do it and they there doesn't need to be anyone telling them what they can and can't do like, you know it there's no like this is this is like like i want to be like this is america like we're a country that's founded on this idea that you know once we proved we're all created equal mm-hmm. um that we can do anything we set our minds to in that it will we can find success in that we can be the person that we want to be we can be our person and for our true if with if we're true to ourselves and our honesty we can be the person that we want to be and be successful because of because we we we're supposed to reward ingenuity and creativity um at least ideally you know this is lofty cloud cloud speak um granted the reality may most it's not like that but um there's still that ideology and it's not necessarily like we don't they they talk about the like the american dream of generations past of being you know the 2.5 kids the white picket fence the nine to five you know, the house, all of that. And I wouldn't want half a kid in the first place, but um, I just wouldn't, (laughs) like, I would want one whole child. Um, But, um, you know, we talk about that, and it's the thing is that that's what makes us different now, especially is that... We're realizing that that we are end up we do end up being all this in all this together, and we're all just trying to be our versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Granted, we realize that we granted we realize that at different times in our lives. Um, but that's what makes us all unique. Is um, you know, hindsight is Tokyo twenty twenty Olympics, um, but. You know, it's like, you know, we all grow differently, all mature differently, and we should really be focused on making sure that those are the things that we pass down to other generations and to people is like if mean, if we can create a world full of caring, compassionate people, then, you know. We're, we're doing, we got to be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and that's, and that's my goal. I mean, I'm, I might be only one person and, you know, who gets distracted by shiny objects. Um, but you know, that's something, and I've been, and that's the thing too, is like, I've, you know, that's. Something where I might've been distracted, you know, when I was younger about that, but that's something that I've always really been focused for. Um, you know, and and that's what I I believe we should all just work towards, you know, and, and that's that's I mean like that's, you know, my motivation for everything and and that is that I just wanna help and just I've always, you know, just wanted to help others. Um like I would totally be a Hufflepuff <laughs> if I I would totally be a Hufflepuff if I wasn't such a Ravenclaw. And, like so many other aspects.
0: Yeah, um, and I mean we talked about a lot of that. The, I mean there's a lot of huge crossover in the Twilight Love community in the Harry Potter fandom. So, um, they they were talking there about everybody loving uh, Harry Potter, and somebody was wearing a I could tell it was a a, a Hogwarts crested shirt. I couldn't tell what house it was, so it looked like Slytherin from across the table. But I was like, so is that Slytherin? They're like, no, it's Hufflepuff. Um, and then we were talking later, like, usually you end up having, like, it's like the two axes, similar to, like, political disposition, but um, it's usually, like, Gryffindor and Slytherin on, like, a vertical axis, and then, like, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff on, like, the other axis. And so, like, usually you're in some sort of that quadrant there. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, I'm definitely just Ravenclaw all the way. Um, like, I mean, I'm probably on the Gryffindor sector or quadrant of, of Ravenclaw. Um but uh like I definitely I have no you know, disillusion of uh, you know, <laughs> my my bravery and in running into all the dumb shit that the Gryffindors did in the movies or in the movies and books. Um but yeah, yeah, so I mean I'm I'm definitely of of the Ravenclaw mindset like through and through. So it's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I am I would most likely find myself longer um uh, I, I, definitely find myself on the, on the Ravenclaw side of things. And I can, I can simply say I've taken the Pottermore test, um, to prove how much of a Ravenclaw that I am. I took the, 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 the Pottermore test, got sorted into Ravenclaw and said, I need to make sure this is correct. Proceeded to create a different Pottermore account. And take the test again. And proceed to get Ravenclaw again. And even this time, this was, is this was how funny it was, is that I got it even faster than I, like, because they'll ask you a series of questions. Yeah, It came to that conclusion faster, faster. than the first time. <laughs> well, I think we both know where we sit then. <laughs> um, so I find myself much more, um, I can find myself much more on the uh, Slytherin aspect of that. But Random thing. I guess probably the last thing because I know we're going a little long anyway. Um, but the last thing you mentioned, um, bravery. Um, have we ever talked about um, Aristotle and how he views courage? Uh, not uh, on mic, no. Okay. Okay. So, but are you familiar with the, like, this is, I'm going to butcher this. This is going to be like some, I'm going to explain this, like, Probably like some fifth grader who's distracted by the new Digimon game, um, but basically uh, Aristotle talks about bravery, um, courage, as basically like each person has a different level of courageousness, and it's it's different for person because each person has different expectations that are re- expected of them. So for that person to go above and beyond those expectations, basically is something that's courageous. Um, and, and if you're familiar with this, just correct me if I'm wrong about anything. Um,
0: no, this is new new to me so far, but I, I think I know so, where it ends up.
1: So, the thing is, is you, you made the joke about you know I know where I fall up you know on that, but so in this in this uh, this explanation or, or parable or whatever it is, whatever philosophical nonsense it is, it's um. It, he talks about there's a house on fire and there are people inside the house because apparently they had fire in Greece. Who knew? So um, he talks about uh, – I thought fire was a modern-day invention. So, um, I mean it was definitely – I mean it helped kind of like get them out of the Stone Age. But I, I mean I don't know if I would claim it was just that. Um, that and the aqueducts. So Yeah, yeah I mean they
0: um, they did have a – Well, I I don't know if that was maybe more of the Romans as far as having one hell of a way to get water all over the place. But
1: yeah. Um, So they talk about the house. Um, So this this house is on fire. And so you have different people that come across this house on fire. One of them is a um, is just a a passerby with no experience. So it would make sense for that passerby for him to do that courageous act would be for that uh, passerby just to get help. Um, because the passerby would be expected just to basically mind their own business, but they're going beyond because, um, they're and they're taking that they're taking the courageous step to help facilitate, um, saving the the house the people in the house fire's lives. Um, now the difference for and he talks about the difference for someone who would basically be our equivalent of a firefighter, um their level of courageous, you know, would be to go into the building because that's that level of courage that they would have within themselves to do that. So, um, it's, I, you know, once I saw that and was able to very poorly explain that to other people, um, it made me a hit at college parties. Um, it was, um, help make me realize that we all have different expect we all have different expectations for ourselves and those different expectations are you know of courage or bravery or whatever we would label that are are different for e- each their individual to us and that they're different for um and they're different for other people um so that's always something that's always important to know, and you know, just thinking about that idea of the sort um and different in those different those different ideas of people, how you could have people who um would get sorted into Gryffindor that you wouldn't necessarily think would be courageous, but they have their own level of courageousness that they're always exceeding past. Yep. Which is always like just a um, you know, just kind of like a mind, mind blown kind of thing. Mind freak for Angel. brought to you by WWE slim Jims.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which I have, I, I mean, I'm very excited for Monday's 25th anniversary of raw, but then I also, I can't wait to the Royal rumble. So that's, that's something it will be, uh, we'll have to preview next week. Um, depending on when we talk, if we want to, if we want to record before the rumble. So if we can hit next Saturday, we can record before the rumble and, and have a rumble focused episode after this uh, a little bit heavier, but much more heartfelt episode.
1: Yes, yes, and we can do. Uh, we can. We I can tell you about the Rumpelpool game. Oh, um, I'd I love which that, I don't think that we've actually talked. Now
0: we have and Like <laughs> I saw a couple of things on uh, on Reddit about people doing some, um, and uh, we're wrapping up, so not to like completely just uh, hard smash cut segue. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I saw some of those, and I, I think that would be awesome, especially since they're doing the women's one this year. So I think Amanda and I would be in on that. So that, that'll be something we can definitely uh, cover yes. next week.
1: Yes. Yeah, but yes. this was this so, was a
0: great episode. I mean, I know last week I talked about like not really knowing what I wanted to cover and then, you know, pausing for three seconds and having like a laundry list of shit we didn't hit. Um, <laughs> this was, you know, just wanting to to kind of come in and, and kind of wing it from the heart based <laughs> off of uh, being a, an outsider looking in at the, the 42 people at Heart Camp, some of the conversations I've had with folks since then, um, and things that have just been on my chest, mind and heart, uh, for a while. So, mm. um, I, I, think this was, this was great. Um, and just being able to capture that and, and be a start from both of our perspectives and having very different, uh, experience skill sets and trajectories but you know still coming together and, and having a similar mindset uh is is kind of amazing from my point of view so um this is so far been one of my favorite episodes to record uh as, as long as it produces smoothly i can say it'll, <laughs> it'll be one of my favorite episodes uh but then next week you know assuming my windows machine is back up we'll be back to recording with my other mic so hopefully i don't have to do too much fiddling uh, in in post with uh, the sound levels but that should be fine but um but yeah, this was this was an awesome week uh, and so thanks for thanks for this week and I I'm I'm grateful for this episode just to to talk to you about all this stuff as opposed to even just publishing it so that's good enough for me. Yep.
1: Whoop. Please listen Whoop. carefully. We are Audi out of 5,000.